How you feeling, Rich? I'm feeling great. Welcome back. You're now tuning in to Sold in 60. It's your host, Richie Rich, and my boy. D dollars. D dollars. <laughs> D money. Today we got a special guest. It's always a special guest, but it always gets better and better because we get people that wear multiple hats. So round of applause. Today we have our guest, Tariq. What's your last name? Elberry. Elberry. I didn't want to say Elderberry because that's... Elderberry. No. It's Elberry. Tariq Elberry, welcome to the show, brother. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I Thank you for it. coming through. Pepsi Rolly, you know, something it's, light. Oh, we got to hide it, right? Okay. I got not, a funny story about that. Okay. Tell me about it. Um, I sent... I recently got a French Bulldog. Okay. And I was sending a uh, like a little boomerang on Instagram to just a few of my friends to show the Frenchie. And I just thought it was cute because my Frenchie was just looking adorable. Mm-hmm. So I did the little boomerang and the Pepsi was in there. And like the first response I got was from my boy Ian, who's a broker. And he goes, wow, you really made it, didn't you? You got the Frenchie and the Roly. <laughs> but I was like, I, I didn't even realize it. Right, because when you're on that timeshare grind, Correct. you know, and you're working, like, there's always somebody who's so much better than you. Absolutely. And you never feel like you're, you know, I don't know, I've never been a top dog, like, I've never been a number one, but I've done well. Right. So I was like, dang, I do got the Roly, I do got the Frenchie. You do. When did I make it? <laughs> when did I make These it? These are levels of success. <laughs> I had no idea I made it, but apparently the time I made it. That's what's up. Nah, that's what's up. Let me get my headphones, man. So check it out. How'd you get into business? Oh wow! Like from the beginning, beginning, from the or from when I met you. Nah, like how'd you get in the game? How'd you get in oh, the game? That's the the most, game You, I mean, Frenchies, Rollies, you know, talk oh, to me. Nice, the most heart-wrenching story. That's my motivation to, to this day. The way I got in is still my motivation. Yeah. So I was I was young and engaged, and I was working at um I was working at a watch company, mm-hmm. and I was doing well. I was there for like three years, and. Um, I was really happy. So I was like, cool, I'm making like 40000 mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like what other 22-year-old is making $40,000? That's great, right? And I thought that was like the pinnacle. Right. One of my goals was to get like a little promotion and make $1,000 a week. And I thought, $52,000, I'm be set for life. And then uh, being engaged, she was going to go to Georgia. This is towards like the last six months of our two-year relationship to go to college. Mm-hmm. And she really was like begging me to move there, begging me to move there. And I had a buddy of mine who was like two years younger than me driving like a nice Lotus Evora. And I'm like, how are you like 21 driving a Lotus? And what do you, where do you think he told me he worked? Timeshare. Time <laughs> <laughs> so he was in marketing. So she's begging me, I don't want to leave. I'm stuck between being committed to a career and some good mentors. And then I decided to uh, say, hey, you know what? Like, I don't want to lose a relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go do what my buddy does for the summer. And then I'll just make a bunch of money, and then I'll like I'll leave and I'll move to Georgia. The a few weeks later, the first day of training, I get like I get like a, an OPC job, so like an off-property contact with the people you see at like hotels or at SeaWorld. Uh-huh. And the first day I go to training, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm already in the parking lot. Training starts at seven thirty. I go to walk up to the door and go put my hand on the handle, and who calls me? No, my girl. Oh, my girl. Right. I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. She's gonna say, hey, you got this. Words of encouragement. What do you think she called me to tell oh, me? Oh, she went to break up. She called me to break up. Wow. I went back to my car, which at the time was like an 07 salvage title Jetta, and I cried, and I said, like, just for a few minutes, maybe a little bit longer, but we'll say a few minutes. <laughs> I go to drive out the parking lot. And I get to the next light and there's like 10 minutes until the training starts. And I just said, let me just go see what's in. I just quit my job, right? I I need to make money. 
I turned back around and like that's how timeshare starts for me because mm. I decided to turn back around and go in. Wow. Mm. And they say I don't know the exact way, but it's like when 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 you have something like that happens, you kill them with success. Like people oh. want to see you. Oh yeah, no, and I, <laughs> yo, not to not to wish anything dirt on anybody. Oh, I killed him on success. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the battery in your back. Yeah, they now. still catch it up. That's what's up. <laughs> and that's how timeshare started for me. I just went from you know I started wearing different hats as I moved through the industry. Now that's what's interesting because you've got to see it from different points of view. Oh, every role. So um, you know, one thing that intrigues me that I've never really got to talk to anybody about was what we call, I don't know, they call it d different things at different places, but like deeding, right? Deeding. So some people call it, what, closing office? Quality or? assurance, owner onboarding, legal. <laughs> All right, so for any of you that don't know um, what deeding is or quality assurance or that stuff, it's after somebody purchases the time share, they agree to purchase, then they go to like a closing agent, like a closing, just like when you yeah. sell a house, if, you know, if you're a realtor and you go to a closing, that's when they go over the documents and the paperwork, right? So my thing is, is I feel that there's, that's where it gets real for people. Have you ever seen like someone like just tweak and just. Uh, the rep or the family? The family. <laughs> Man, too many times to count. Too many times to count just because I've done, um, oh gosh, I must have done at least two, three thousand closings in my time deeding because mm. I've done it in a few different places. Right. And the you know it's going to be weird when they you know they sit in there the energy's right from the rep the energy's right from the closing agent and the family's just mm. hey guys congrats on being our newest owners mm -hmm. and that and that's oh you know it's going to get weird and right you go to open your mouth I don't know if I want to do this right mm. it happens so all right so we know that. Sometimes people buy under the ether, right? The the not, I don't want to call it pressure, but they buy because of when the emotions are high. Everybody buys at that point. They're in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Now the door closes. It's time to go over paperwork. Do they really like spit out to you? The guy said this, 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 this. Um, you know, in timeshare they teach you like trust, need, help, hurry, right? Mm -hmm. But trust can sometimes have different levels to it, right? That's why you have, for instance, like a personal credibility and a company credibility. Uh, it's always different when they spit it out. You know, they may not trust the rep wholeheartedly, but maybe they vacationed with that brand of company multiple times and they've always had a good experience. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of sold on the idea of wanting to have that experience over and over again, but they didn't necessarily trust everything the rep said. So they bought, mm -hmm. you know, because maybe the rep reminded them of all the different great experiences they had and the great vacations and the memories and time with mommy and daddy, right? So... It's not always, oh, the rep said this, 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 and this, because there's always a process to how the deeding goes, right? Um, and the closing is just the next step of the sale, right? honestly. And I know people may think differently. You know, there's always a, a uh, what do you call it, a stigma behind deeders. I say deeders are the best closers because they don't have two, three hours with a the family. Mm -hmm. They got five minutes to break the ice and then talk about stuff like a closing disclosure and how they're going to pay <sighs> twice the amount of the purchase if they take all 10 years to make the payment. Truth in lending. And no rep ever says it on the table, do they? Absolutely No not. top closer ever closes in that manner. Never. Yeah. So dealers got to close some business. So as they go through the paperwork, the dealer never knows what the trigger is going to be, what the hot button is going to be. And there's multiple hot buttons. There's good ones and then... There's the ones that when you press them, an obstacle pops up or a challenge. 
So you never know which one's going to happen. Sometimes they may hear something while waiting, mm. eating some popcorn and watching a movie to wait for the deed to get ready from another family that piques their curiosity. Mm. Because, I mean, hey, uh, great reps open doors and close them, and some reps take the path of least resistance, and if they don't mention a door, they don't even open it. Correct. But that same door, it's not that it's closed. It's just creaked open a little bit, and you leave that door open, that's the one they're going to run out of. What's the main complaint that you get from families when they do want to cancel? What do you what do you think is the the top complaint from a family? People don't usually want to cancel when they're doing the closing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a plethora of them. I'd probably say the biggest ones are third party influence, and they just don't understand the product. Mm-hmm. You know, because it can all sound good, right? And mm-hmm. think about it. Dieter sends them home with actually forget what we sent them home with, man. They got the power of Google. Absolutely. They can Google anything. They can just, they don't even need to remember what the website is called. They can just put in, you know, westgate.com, hilton.com, marriott.com, whatever company they're buying from, you know, and even if that's not the name of the website, they're going to find the website. Mm-hmm. They're going to find a directory. They're going to find some reviews. They're going to see maybe the amount they purchased isn't necessarily leaning towards where they think they're going to go. And that may not always be the case. They just don't understand how to use their product. Right. So I do not understand the product is probably one of like the biggest ones. But that's not what people say, though. They don't call you and say, hey, I don't understand, and it's making me feel a little bit shaky on my purchase, and if you could really reaffirm my understanding, I believe this can be a good product for me. I want to keep it. What's the easiest thing to do? Cancel. Yeah, I, um, I just want to cancel. Yeah. And that's not the real scenario. So, but, 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 but you, you they, the dealer, or closing agent, is, is trained to discover the reason why they have this discomfort or uncertainty, right? Well, always, yeah. There's always something in the paperwork that uh, the paperwork is – you only really need the dealer for one thing. So dealers have to be a notary, right? Because mm-hmm. they got to notarize like the mortgage documents. Other than that, I think anybody can actually do the rest of the paperwork. The paperwork is meant to bring out these objections before they're ever really an objection. Mm. So a lot of maybe third party stories. So let's say there's most companies offer like a price freeze, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the price freeze can serve multiple purposes, but you're going to tie it to like a third party story or something or even a general one like, Hey, you know, um, whenever you, you know, you're not going to leave today and book a vacation tomorrow, right? So you may have that little gut feeling whenever you leave, whenever you buy something, you know. You ever bought something big before? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do they call that feeling right when you buy it? They call it buyer's? Uh, I think it's called remorse. Buyer's remorse. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, look, you know, you might feel that right up until you book your first vacation. But let me tell you, you ever feel bad when you're on vacation? Nope. Awesome. Well, you know what? A lot of our owners feel the same way. So that's why after they go on their vacation, you know, two, three, four, five, six months later, they're looking at their wife. She's holding their hand, hugging them. The kids are saying, Daddy, this is great and fun. And then they say, dang, we should have bought more of this. Mm. And then they want to come back. And, hey, real estate usually appreciates or depreciates. Appreciate. So what do you think is going to happen to the price when they come back a year later? It goes up. Did the company do something wrong for the price going up? Mm-mm. But how are you going to feel when you come back and the price is higher? Should have bought more. You should have bought more. You're going to be, might be upset about it. So you know what? This is a company that cares. So they understand that you need time to enjoy the experience. So we want you to come back. And whenever you enjoy that feeling, you can come back and upgrade. And what is that meant to cover? That's meant to cover that doubt of like buyer's remorse, for example, mm-hmm. before they even ever mentioned buyer's remorse. That was like a feel felt found. Feel felt. <laughs> <laughs> but you do that for, you know, like the main ones, whether it's buyer's remorse, third party influence, um, I don't understand, online reviews. So you always have like the main four or five, you know, the same objections we get as sales consultants. My parents own. Mm-hmm. I don't vacation like this. I don't vacation every year or I don't have the money. You always hear the same four or five 
excuses not to buy, you hear the same four or five reasons why they want to why they want to cancel. Mm. Mm. That's what's so dealers should try to uncover those and then hey, sometimes they explode there in the office, but is there really a safer place for that objection to come up than the closing officer's office? Do you feel that buyers are liars? Um, yeah, hell, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, buyers are liars. For sure. You have a new car? Yes. Yeah, what do you drive? An Audi. An Audi. Which dealership did you buy it from? I got it from uh, Off-Lease dealership. An Off-Lease dealership, cool. Did you go to the Off-Lease knowing you wanted to buy that car? No. Oh, you didn't? Mm-mm. Why are you buying cars like that? That's like mad irresponsible. <laughs> I, I had my eyes on a different brand, different model, and I ended up with, I said I had to settle for that. Well, Audi. we got to teach them process. When you go to Off-Lease, you got to pick like three cars you want, because okay. when you get there, they drive off the lot. Yeah, 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 for sure. Dylan, we can't use your example. We're going to use my <laughs> I got a new truck. Okay. I drove to the dealership knowing I wanted that truck. Mm. When I walked in, they said, hey, sir, how can I help you? Do you have a vehicle in mind? What do you think I said? You said, yeah, absolutely. I said, hell no. Oh. <laughs> I said, no, I'm just I'm just looking around. You know, I see you guys got some nice cars. You know, I think I'm a truck guy. And they're like, oh, let me help you. I'm just looking. I knew dang well. I already ran my own credit. I brought the financing with me, and I wanted to buy the car. Right. True. Um. People go to these places. We Sometimes we're disillusioned in timeshare to think that people don't know what timeshare is like. You don't just pick the timeshare resorts. They are not cheap. We know they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. And you think about the process of how the average person goes on vacation. They need to get a hotel room. They get a flight, right? They Google hotels in Orlando. Mm-hmm. You think they pick the highest rated accommodations or the lowest rated accommodations? The lowest. They try to pick the highest rated accommodations within their budget realistically. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then they end up going to one of these big, huge resorts that we have here in Orlando. You think they don't know what it's about? They don't know what it's about. It says uh, you get 60% off if you do a, a resort preview. They're exactly. Like, Click. They know if they're going to want it or not. Maybe a little bit so beforehand because people come in with preconceived notions. But you can clearly tell during the presentation the point where they want it. Mm-hmm. You know there's a point where they want it. And that's when they start asking you questions about the product. Mm. Well, how you much know? is it? Yeah, exactly. Well, how, I love how much is it. Maybe that question doesn't necessarily count because I'd be rebuttaling that question. I say, right. are you asking me how much it is because you just want me to show you and you say no and leave? And sometimes I say, yeah. And I'm like, then I'm not going to show you yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Why do you ask? Yeah. But some people, they hit the point in the presentation where, where they know they want to buy, but they want to hide that because nobody likes to be sold, but mm-hmm. everybody likes a good deal. Mm-hmm. But people don't know if they're going to get a good deal if they tell you that they want it. And that's where you get into the whole confusion in the timeshare process where people purchase like a price over point or price over time, you know, whether, depending on what type of timeshare you sell, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. just look at the price and look at the actual experience they're looking for. Right. And that's where they get wrapped in that issue in their own head. You know, that's just what, you know, a good sales consultant is meant to have them tell you that they want it. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do once they tell you they want it? You take it away. You take it away, Dylan. You take it away, mm-hmm. and then that's it. That's 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 the that's the fun part of it. You hit a trigger question for me. This is the we always do this, to, this poll. So what's better, points or weeks? Depends. I I, I would say uh, depending on the scenario. Um, for my lifestyle, I prefer points. But I'll give you this example. I'll I'll, I'll defend weeks momentarily. Um, I use, uh, there's just one title company I like where I made really good friends with the owner of the title company mm-hmm. and I was working at a resort that she owned a week at, but that resort no longer sells weeks. They just sell points, but she had the week before school starts and she has three, she has four young kids. Guys, and she always has that one week guaranteed for her. It's like the second week of August, like the week before school starts for us here in Florida. And 
that means more to her than the world. Mm-hmm. Because that's like the last week, end of summer, big hoorah. She has eight days and seven nights of fun on a beautiful resort with her four kids. And they look forward to that every year. Mm. And that is a great that is a great thing. You know, she doesn't have to put much planning into it. The reservation's already made when you own week. She just shows up. Mm-hmm. But what is the defense to points? There's there's no between timeshare and vacation ownership. And I know some people say that they're synonymous, but not not realistically. Timeshare is meant to share time in that unit. Vacation ownership encompasses many other things, whether it's the way you travel, the flexibility of travel, and everything from how you get there to where you're staying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't necessarily vacation one week at a time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I did a one-week straight vacation unless it's out of country. Mm-hmm. But I do a lot of three, four, five-night vacations, and my timeshare week, if I had a week, can best be one week or split up into like two half stays right you know but if i could use my if i use two nights here two nights there and four nights there with my with my points or three nights somewhere else then i got that extra reservation that appeases me Mm -hmm. so it's really what matches them but in today's world and how most people have you know access to the world's information at the palm of their hands and they want something they order on amazon and it comes two day free prime shipping like People want things nowadays the way they want them. So I don't know if it's necessarily which product is better as opposed to which one appeases their ears and their mind more. Mm -hmm. And I think more people like the idea of power, control, and flexibility above being told what they have to do and when they have to do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you feel that um, timeshare representatives are aggressive? That's a weird question, right, for this point, because you could simply answer it yes But I just think most people's day-to-day interactions, let me backpedal a little bit. I think what really sets apart salespeople in general is, or maybe I'll make it more timeshare salespeople, we question what the people tell us. And that's not a standard practice in their day-to-day communication. Mm. So we use a lot of phrases like, remember earlier when you told me? Right. Hold them accountable. Does anybody actually say that to anybody else outside of timeshare? (laughs) <laughs> no, they don't. Nah. Because if you tell your boy like, hey, yeah, like we're gonna meet up later, you know, we're gonna grab some wings and blah blah blah, and we'll hang out, you know, and you're like, all right, cool, man, I'll see you after work, bye. And then your friend doesn't hit you up later and tell you which place you're gonna have those wings and beer at. Mm-hmm. You don't text him and say, yo, remember early when you told me we we're gonna get wings and beer? <laughs> yeah. It's just not normal. Right. It just yeah. doesn't happen outside of sales arenas for sure. So I think not that they're aggressive, just because they're unaware of that happening normally in their life they don't know how to respond and it creates like an aggression tone back and forth Mm -hmm. but that's also up to the uh uh, to the sales representative to take control of Mm -hmm. you know it's it's what is he gonna do that because you don't want to win the battle and lose the war right correct Mm -hmm. so it all comes up i think the biggest issue is when people say that timeshare reps are are aggressive it's because a lot of people don't spend the time making a friend Mm. So they don't earn the right to say things the way they want to say them because maybe the way Rich says something, a new hire can say the same exact words that he just learned in training, but he didn't spend the extra five minutes earning that person's respect or making a friend before he said it. And that's why it comes off different. So that's that's one thing we should touch, man. A lot of people don't know that there's a process to the sale, right? Um, One of the most important ones is the warm up. Mm. So let me ask you this. What has to happen in your warm-up for you to say, okay, that's enough warm-up, let Mm. me move along? They have to start asking me about me. 
Mm. I like to use, I mean, hey, there's no golden rule, right? But I always say everything I learned in Timeshare is uh, another tool in my toolbox. Mm. So one of my favorite ones that I learned is an acronym called FOUR. Mm. Um, family, occupation, recreation. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what to talk about in a warm-up, talk to them about their family, talk to them about what they do for a living, talk to them about what they do for fun. Mm -hmm. And you just try to talk about a bunch of different things until they start, you'll know you hit what's important to them when they start asking it to you. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a great example. Um, I just went to go T.O. a table Monday, and the rep was like, dude, there's nothing. But you know, even if there's nothing, we still got to show what at the back end. Exactly. Numbers. The numbers, numbers right? Yeah. I said, cool, I'm going to go show the numbers. And let me tell you, this was one of those, <laughs> you got to prejudge the right way. I sit on the table. He's a big, white dude, big beard, got some uh, cool hat on with, like, some rifle on it. So what do you think I'm going to talk about? <laughs> the table? I'm going to talk about guns. So I sat down, and I was like, man, that's a really cool hat. You know, what rifle is that? And then he just starts talking about rifles, blah, blah, blah. We start talking about guns back and forth. I mean, I was raised in St. Cloud for 20 years, so <laughs> I know a little bit about guns. For sure. But, uh, and then after maybe five, ten minutes talking about guns, he goes, all right, okay, so can you tell me how this really works? Yeah. The ref spent two hours with him, mm -hmm. right? So why do, I, why do I give that example? Because he maybe could have been a more effective opportunity because I don't know all the work the rep could have done to get me that way. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when your wife hands you the jar and you pop it open really easy and she's like, I loosened it for you. Yeah. Maybe she did. Mm -hmm. But if the rep spends a little bit more time kind of talking to them and finding out what's important and what they like to do for fun and making a friend, that family in turn will start asking the consultant questions. And once they start asking you questions, you answer them and then you start to get into the next portion, whether it's your discovery or your how it works, whatever it may be. True story. Yeah, I wait for them to ask me questions. Interesting. Do you do you think that you have a um, a certain go to close that you use with each family? Oh, a go to close. Uh, it depends on their level of commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can tell that they're afraid of the sale, I mean, or they've said no to me a bunch of times. Like, I think a yes close is one of the strongest I've used in the last two three years. And it's especially done in the model. So whenever you're in a model unit, you, most resorts have like some two-bedroom to four-bedroom model, right? Mm -hmm. And there's usually one of the rooms has like a nice king-size bed. The other room has like some double beds. So I love going to like that double bedroom and like saying, hey, if I shut the door and that, ex and that door were to exit you out to the hallway, what does this room remind you of? Mm -hmm. People you say like, oh, a hotel room. And I say, exactly, you know, and I kind of reference their anyway money. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, this is a $100,000 hotel room. Would you ever pay $100,000 to own this hotel room? And they usually say no. And I'm like, well, that's the funny thing, because nobody ever here really says no. They just say yes to something. You're either going to say yes to the $100,000 hotel room, and then like I open the door, or you're going to say yes to the same $100,000 that gets you the rest of this. Mm -hmm. Which yes would benefit your family more? Mm-hmm. And then that's to try to get them back into the sale. You know, that's kind of the close. And I use a very, like, similar one with alternate verbiage when I get on the table at numbers. But I always kind of butter up with that one. Mm. At, like what, that. at what point do you know you have a deal? Man, you know, I still don't know what I don't have. <laughs> when they say yes, and, when they give me ID and credit card, they say we both want it. Because gotcha. that's the beauty of this industry. I still have so much fun because even though I do my process, because mm -hmm. let me put it to you this way. I stopped worrying about if every single table is a deal or not. Mm -hmm. That's when the job became way more enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. um, I just look at it as like, hey, if you offered any one of those new hires that came into the class said, hey, um, we're going to offer you $250,000 salary. 
You got to come into work from 7 to 4 every day, and I want you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G steps. If you finish the steps early, you can go home. Would you guys do that job for 250? Absolutely. Awesome. Sign right here. The reality is, like, we're trained to just do a process every single day. And if we stick and we do A, B, C, D, E, F, G every single day, we're going to make that two, three, four hundred thousand dollars at the end of the year. The issue is we work in an industry where if you're closing 20, 30, 40 percent, it's like baseball. You're an all star. Mm -hmm. So more often than not, we get a lot of um, rejection. We hear a lot of no's. Mm -hmm. And when we start doing that, we start trying to change up the process. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the agreement that you did when you signed that job with a salary, right? Mm. Whether you like the job or not, when you want to take the salary life, you have to do it the way they want you to do it. Mm -hmm. The nice part is Timeshare gives you so much flexibility because you have some people who came before you who, taught, who can teach you amazing ways to overcome objections, amazing value propositions, right? Mm -hmm. Just do each process, you know, and it can simply be broken down to trust, need, help, hurry. Do that every single day. And then you're not going to sell every day. It just happens. But don't go changing the process because you didn't get the sale. Hmm. Coffee. You said you said it really well. Thank you. That was dope. Yeah, you taught me. <laughs> <laughs> A nah. few minutes ago, I was, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I was on FaceTime with, uh, I don't know if you heard that, but I was like on FaceTime with my girl, right? And then I said, hey, oh, my girl also paid for me to get my real estate license years ago. That's what's and I said, hey, remember when you paid for me to get my real estate license? She's like, yeah, yeah. I turned the camera around. I showed Richard. I said, that's the guy who taught me how to sell time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, man. Now I'm very proud of you, man. I want to just give you your props and give you your flowers because I see, you know, we, I remember when you first started. I think I remember. Was it training when it happened when you broke up with the? Yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember because yeah. there's a lot of distractions going on. And so many distractions. Yeah. I'm always breaking up. So whenever I break up with somebody, <laughs> yo, my, my girl better watch out now. Because you know. if it I break make up you with better, her, you turn up. Yo, you know my next career move is going to be insane. <laughs> Nah, I just wanted to, you know, tell you uh, congratulations and give you your props for your growth and you doing your damn thing. You know what I'm saying? So thank you, thank you. I I've done a lot you. of cool. I've done a lot of cool positions. Um, the best feeling is whenever I do like a new position or I just step up in my career, similar to the Frenchie and Roly story. It's, it's like I'm like, wow, six months ago, compared to where I am now, like I sucked. But in that moment, six months prior, like I'm sitting there like. Yo, I'm the ish. Mm -hmm. Like, I got this. That's why I'm getting paid what I get paid. Mm -hmm. And then six months down the road, a year down the road, that's why I look at the people who've been doing this for 20 years. And I'm like, dude, they are light years ahead of me. Light mm -hmm. years. Because how many times did they have that realization that three, four, five, six months ago I sucked just because they learned some really good clothes or they learned how to listen a little bit better. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm. It's life changing for sure. Yeah, I can't do nothing else. Yeah. Thank you. You ruined my life. So you, <laughs> you're stuck in the game, baby. I love the game. So there's somebody watching right now that's just contemplating, should they get in the timeshare or not? And in a, in a 60 second, should they get involved? What's your words for them? Always take advantage of your environment. It's okay if something is not for you, right? Um, I'll make it real simple. I can live with failure. I can't live with regret. So if you're staying at whatever position that you're in right now and you're unsure if you should make a move, that's already the signal for you to make the move. Because if you don't make the move, in time you will start to resent the position you are in and you're just not going to do well for yourself. So take the risk, take the move, and it's okay to fail because failure is not a bad thing. Failure is what lays the grounds to success. Plus, if you also live in Orlando, Florida, this is like, the vacation capital of the world, and I'm a three-time college dropout, 
haven't made less than $160,000 in the last four years. Mm. Um, that's even through COVID. So, I mean, if you're not doing that, like nine to five ain't cutting it for me. Wow. That's your 60. I like it. I like it. Well, you got to start somewhere. And if you need a real estate license, you can shout out to our sponsor, Richdale School of Real Estate. They have real estate classes, the 63 hours, post 45 and brokers classes. You can reach them by the link in the bio. If you feel that you got some good information today that you can use, I appreciate Mr. Tariq Elberry for dropping the jewels on us today. Hit the tip jar in the in the uh, link in the bio for on Instagram so we can keep it running, keep it coming. And we appreciate you, King, hey, for coming through. Thanks for having me out here, man. I appreciate you. You got it, man. One day we need to have the camera crew follow you through the resorts and show us how you get down. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> coming you. soon. You're now watching Sold in 60. Tag somebody. Share it. Peace. We out.